Anxiety Podcast on the Pantheon Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mark, and I want to thank our sponsor, AKG, for sending us their Podcaster Essentials Kit. The Lira mic and the headphones that come in the kit are amazing, and if you've ever thought about doing your own podcast, this is definitely the best way to do it. Cassie Watson, Francois, and Brian Weber of Shakespeare and the Blues joined the podcast today from New Orleans. We actually recorded this just a few days after Hurricane Ida impacted the area, so our connection is not the clearest. But it's a fun talk, and I think it provided a little distraction in all the post-Ida chaos. In the band, Brian plays bass and handles the electronics, and Cassie plays the harp. Sounds like an odd mix, but it really works. It's an interesting discussion about how Cassie discovered a love for the harp, how Brian got a late start with the bass, and how all three members of Shakespeare and the Blues met and started playing together. It's a very unique sound that you really need to hear. Show them some support, and pick up their debut album on Nouveau Electric Records. They just got their Instagram. They just got their Instagram account going. So follow them at Shakespeare and the Blues. Follow us at Performance ANX on Twitter and Instagram. You can help support the show through ko-fi.com/performanceanxiety, or you can pick up merchandise at performanceanx.threadless.com. So clear your heads and get ready for something unique with Cassie and Brian of Shakespeare on the Blues on Performance Anxiety, part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. This is Cassie Watson-Francion and Brian Weber of Shakespeare and the Blues. (laughs) Uh, You're listening to Performance Anxiety Podcast. (laughs) I think that's the worst as bad as you're going to get it. I always like when you guys answer the uh, call and somebody's laughing already. That's a good sign. <laughs> um, where, where's the drinks? <laughs> I don't have. I can, I can only offer you. No, I came over to. <laughs> there you go. Over to Brian. I just have straight. What's in my car? Rum. There's no uh, mixers. Just give me the rum. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> It's not good, Rump. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I came over, so I came over, I rushed over to Brian because my house is being cleared out, um, as I mentioned. Yeah. Let's go somewhere where there's not a carpet of black mold on the ceiling. Let's go somewhere else. Yeah. That's, How about that? Let's, yeah, let's go somewhere where we won't, you know, endanger your health. <laughs> you know, yeah, she did a great podcast. She, she died the next week, but you know, it was her last podcast. It was, it was oh, momentous. Wow. So how are you guys doing? How's everything going down there? I've got a couple of friends in New Orleans in the, the area. So I got a few updates, but uh, how are you guys faring? Yeah, Homa, the the areas like southwest of us, like Homa and Laplace, got a lot more water. Yeah. But here in Orleans Parish, it's just like there's a lot. I mean, I'm staring through the window. The neighbor here has like ladders and tarps coming. Wow. Just a lot of roof damage. The winds were crazy. Like I got to evacuate to Memphis. Wow. But I talked to my neighbors who stayed and. They said that the winds were just like howling, like they sounded like the house was gonna lift up. Oh my god! Yeah, we were slowly getting power. Like Brian lives a couple minutes away from me and has had power for a day or two longer. Good. Uh, thanks. And uh, he's gonna experience now. Planned it in. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. Hi. All right. Well, I don't have a cup. So. What you got okay. over there? Uh, this is Luna Zool. Oh, tequila. Much nicer. much nicer than what we're drinking. We never really drink tequila. I so. think maybe Brian was doing a dry household or something. Ah. Uh. <laughs> I mean. Our friend. <laughs> <laughs> we got ice. That's what it makes it with. Yeah, I told you that's it. <laughs> My neighbors right. left for me. I would never do this to you. Yeah. <laughs> what's in my car? Let me go think of what's in there. There's 
is Utility Vodka. Utility Vodka. Is there any beer in my car or hot beer? And I left it all home when I flew over. I'm embarrassed. But... That could be a whole new podcast. Just what's in my car. <laughs> come, come find yeah. out. <laughs> it's hot beer, shit rum. What else? <laughs> There's no such thing as hot beer. That's called... <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> but I do. Um, I haven't. We haven't been out kayaking lately. But I have. I like to kayak on the bayou. You know? oh, nice. Yeah. And one of them is like a fishing kayak, and it has a container for you can store stuff. So in there, I store like a water safe container. In there, I store like an emergency beer and nice. emergency sunblock, an emergency bug spray, and it's like. It's really hard to flip open because it's rubberized, you know, oh, so you gotta yeah. pull it all the way at the front. So it's in there, but if you're stranded on the water, no such thing as hot beer. Like, okay. I stand corrected. <laughs> I stand corrected. <laughs> yeah, you gotta count little things. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of I want to kind of start with how you guys got into music in the first place. So I want to get a little bit of a background on both of you so cassie i want to kind of start with you in this area especially because harp is not something that a whole lot of my guests play and it's not the slang blues harp i mean you're it's actually stringed instrument harp it's it's the real deal so how did you get into music was harp the first thing that you learned to play or was there something before harp it's the first. Wow. The first, first, the last, everything. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's the first. I definitely started out in like a smaller one, you know, like an Irish size one. Okay. Gay high and worked my way up to, or just went through different transitions of like which ones fit and sounded. They all sound so different. Even two of the same model sound different. Oh, wow. Which is really cool and interesting. I mean, there's some differentiation, like, in how the different models sound. But, okay. yeah, um, that was my first instrument. Uh, it still is. Um, so, what, did you have, like, a harp lying around the house or something? How did, how did you get into harp? Yeah, I didn't have a harp lying around the house. There was one, like... You didn't? Too <laughs> 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 much Brian's house. Yeah. <laughs> She goes over to Brian's house. What's this? Yeah, mommy. Mind if I play? <laughs> no, actually, like I remember, I saw like a broken guitar in the house growing up, but no one played it. It was just like a prop, you know. Okay. Um, and I felt felt sad about it. Like it was just in the closet, getting dusty and messed up. I still don't know who it belonged to because. Neither one of my parents who I like lived with were musical, but I, I think I had a best friend. I think it comes from having a best friend, um, growing up and she was, uh, playing piano, get piano lessons, dreading piano lessons, playing piano in church Right. every day. She'd be like, Oh yeah, I, you know, gotta go to my lesson. I'm so upset. And I'm just like, Hey, I'll go for you. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, of course that didn't happen right but kind of just being i'm not envious but kind of being uh just um having that deep longing to be musical okay. and i think when i was a young adult i won't say when because that's not anyone's <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> but probably about like 15 maybe like 15 years ago i would say i was going through a really difficult time and and then i like heard started hearing harp on the radio and I don't to this day it was like before Shazam or anything so okay it's like a cadenza and I was just like going through a really difficult time and I was like not speaking to anyone or you know I was just not wasn't interested in anything just like really catatonic like wow that kind of thing and and I heard that sound on the radio and I was just like that that's the only noise I want to make and to this day that's the only <laughs> <laughs> Like interview, like talking is, you know, if I know you or if I'm uncomfortable, it's great, but it's just, um, it's definitely a challenge, I think. And Harp is less of a challenge. <laughs> That's not true at all. I was going to say, wait a second. <laughs> I 
think in the band, like we actually kind of not decide to step off your question, but but looping it back in, something I noticed, like all three of us, Cam, who's not here right now, um, he's he's displaced, and and I just got back from Memphis, yeah. from the school. But um, all three of us are kind of like quiet types and kind of to ourselves and like speak really hard through the instrument. I think so. That's something did notice um and so yeah like i mean the story is just like i was uh yeah there's like many stories within a story but (laughs) (laughs) but 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 the really cool story is that like so i heard that sound on the radio and i was like that's the sound i want to make how do i do that and it's like look up the harp I can afford, which is like, you know, a smaller Irish one, like look up and save up for weeks doing that. I was like, um, like walking dogs and, um, at a, an animal shelter and wow. kind of working with like abused, um, you know, abused large breeds and things like that. And, uh, saving up, like it took a lot to just get that. And then kind of putting that all aside, getting one, not knowing what to do with it, then just being like intimidated and it's totally out of tune. I don't even know, like, didn't think about tuning, like didn't really know what to do. And I just kind of sat there. And then I saw a harpist like sitting outside, like playing. And, and I was just like, I think she's lost. Like, I think she's like confused. <laughs> <laughs> like, why is she sitting outside, like in the middle of the street, like doing this? And, and it was, um, and it turned out to be uh, Brandy Younger, who's like an amazing um, harpist. Okay. And uh, a human being. Your album's great. And yeah, it was a new, yes, yeah, a new album. She's on the Kanye West album. Like, wow. She's like phenomenal. Um, yeah, her album, um, yeah, Reclamation is like amazing. Um, but uh, so anyway, uh, I saw her and at first I just like kind of like walked away because it was like, oh wow, like I don't know what to say to that person. Like, Right. This is amazing, but this is too much. Yeah, I, I, walk I can understand away. that. Yeah, I was like, I was like, I don't know what's going on here, but I'm gonna walk away and then just keep going. And I was like, all right, I'm gonna circle the block. I'll come back in ten minutes since she's still there. I'm gonna, gonna say something. And so that's what happened. And then um, wow. we connected, you know, for for a period in time, and just like really like pushed me to study and study harder. Get better hearts yeah. <laughs> <laughs> than the one I had, and to get better at it, you know, and to kind of just grow musically. So uh, I don't think I've stopped since then. Um, so w- were you taking lessons at that point, or were you just screwing around on your own and trying to figure it out on your own, or dipping in and out? And then yeah. I would see the difference when I didn't take lessons. Uh, lessons were—they're not cheap. So yeah, I can imagine. Definitely not. So. We started out with some lessons, and then she then she moved like back to uh, she moved to Long Island, and then then I like found another teacher who was incredible and really kind and patient, um, Gabriella uh, Pinto, and, uh, and then there've been just like a, a couple of really strong and motivating teachers, um, like out there, I and mean, Patrice Fisher, Risa Printup, um, but. There's Mia Theodoratis. Like, there's so many people I can go to. So many. So many people mean so much. Uh, right. That I should get tattoos of. So it's yeah. kind of remember. <laughs> All the people who kind of believe in you and people who aren't even harpists. Um, there was a, a prominent um, beatboxer, Kid Lucky, who really, like, believed in what I could do if I put my mind to it and, like, stuff. No, no air quotes. No, no, yeah. air quotes don't work on podcasts. <laughs> no. So I can just do this the whole time. Yeah. This entire, this entire podcast is in air quotes. Yeah, put your mind to it. Lose some sleep. Like, you know, just believed in like the essence of what you were doing, what I was doing for no other reason than to connect with the music and the instrument, like not to be a spectacle and not to, you know, <laughs> not to uh, be anyone else because that's kind of too hard to be anyone else. I've got a, some some questions about harps and I guess in general, like before. And, and Brian, I promise we'll get to you in a second because Brian's going to answer the harp um, questions. Okay. 
and earns it and knows the answers. <laughs> I'm also learning things, and you know, I've heard the story many times about Harper's being influenced by a beatboxer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, can you uh, yeah, do you do? Rest in peace. Yeah, he passed away last year. Do you yeah. mix the two, the harp and the beatbox? Can you beatbox while you're playing the harp? Can you? I'm gonna say. Okay. <laughs> I think the answer is yes, and she now knows I'm gonna make her do it. Yeah. Uh, it's never gonna happen. It's like the Chappelle show, and he's like, "So many, there's so many amendments, and I can only choose one. I plead with this. One, two, three, four. <laughs> <laughs> God, All right. So when you, when I'm looking at a at a harp. There's a ton of strings, but there's a, some that are different colors. What is the significance of the, the different colored strings and, and in playing the harp? Okay. Now there's a fan here that seems like it's coming off of its hinge. It just does that. It's really angry. Can you hear? <laughs> I can hear it a little bit, yeah. That fan's not doing anything anyway. I won't so keep you all night, I promise. The um the heart, so yeah, so the heart is going to be red strings and then you can use any other color, most commonly blue, black. I've seen green sometimes, which is cute. Um unless you're color blind. <laughs> then then you have a whole problem. Then I can't answer that's a question I that's answer. That's a good point. I can't answer that question yet. Um, but yeah. So, um, so the reds are C's, you know, do. Okay. And the blacks are F. And then you have A, B, B, D, G. That's it. Okay. So it, so it, it denotes what the, the keys or the notes that, that you're going to be playing in? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. That's what that denotes. Yep. That probably should have been obvious to me, but uh, I, I guess it's obvious to you guys now. I'm not a musician, so I just like I talking to him. To the kingdom, so. <laughs> <laughs> so now I can be the a master harp, harpist. Is that the right term? Yeah, you can take over. All right. So, Brian, how did you get into music? Was that something that you started off as as a kid taking lessons, or is did you start late uh, in life? kind of started late i had so i had a guitar in the house when i was a kid because i was like hey let's get an instrument but my brother wanted to learn too and he's my older brother so my mom was like well y'all gonna have to split one and i was all about drums but he's my older brother he's like oh dude get a guitar it's so much cooler when you're older so you know how can i say no to that oh yeah well, two weeks later, he never touched the guitar again, and I was stuck with this thing that I didn't even. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't love guitar or anything like that. But um, I was kind of always loved music and into it, and just mess around. So it wasn't really until I was in college, and uh, you know, being uh, in college, <laughs> doing things, yeah, uh, <laughs> going to concerts, and I, so I got really into jazz. Like I actually took my first elective in college was a jazz like history thing. And oh, wow. it, was a, it was like this auditorium of like, I don't know, a hundred people. I was the only one who was interested. Uh, <laughs> nice. Uh, and uh, I just like, I had never heard it. I didn't really know like being a musician was like a thing. Like I thought like it was just like, Oh, you can try to become a rock star or something like that. Like I was clueless about like the actual world outside of my town. Right. Uh, so but I started listening to jazz and just like fell in love with it and eventually just decided, yeah, I'm going to try this. And so I did a semester, one semester of music school and dropped out. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for multiple reasons, but, uh, I was just kind of like, I, I just always learned on my own and I also couldn't read music. The, uh, 
the guy who was the guitar teacher in the school was like nice enough to just like let me in because like I had here. So he was just like kind of just like in the audition. I remember I like did everything with flying colors. And the last thing was reading music, and he's just like shaking his head. And he's like, "All right." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I started doing it, and you know, gotten like a band, that kind of thing. Did the the uh, DIY band, like living out of a, going around the country in a van, sleeping yep. off work. That's basically kind of how I learned was just you know on my own and uh, just going on the road basically and learning like not only how to be on the road, but learn how to play shows on things. Learning. I mean, I, cause I was so like not a musician yeah. <laughs> that going on the road was like my schooling. Okay. And it was much more fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I hear that a lot, you know, just instead of worrying about lessons, just, just get out and do it. I mean, I guess different things work for different people, but for me, it's just like, it's easiest just for me to, whatever I'm interested in, you know, just kind of learn. And that way you're always kind of learning too. Yeah. You're always kind of exploring new things. So what kind of music were you playing? Was it, because uh, right now you're, you're in Shakespeare in the Blues, but you're also part of Lost by You Ramblers. And yeah. were, were you playing jazz in these bands or was it more rock, punk? It was... It was kind of more rock, more than anything, I guess. It, it was it was jazz esque, but it, it was kind of <laughs> it was kind of like a weird rock jazz punk band thing. But like most of the bands I've played in throughout the years have been like all different from each other. Okay, which is actually I met Cam. Here's a segue. Cam, uh, <laughs> yeah, drummer. Yeah, I met him playing in a band after that. That was kind of like. Uh, Hip hop kind of thing, uh, electronic kind of band. Okay. Yeah. And how did you guys, I mean, Cassie, when did you start playing the harp out live and out in front of people? I think, hmm. I think, um, well, I had done, when I was playing Celtic harp, I had done like a few, um, uh, Celtic like Irish circles and that's okay. like you know that's more like group oriented where yeah. it's two very hard you went through your <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brian has finished his drum so I'm just uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even announce it but I did <laughs> I poured you way more Damn, I feel like <laughs> okay. I feel no, like I should do a little more tequila stuff. here <laughs> yeah, everyone catch up. Someone. It's, it's well, been long days here lately. Oh, um, no. Yeah, I played um like out in like a Celtic circle. I remember I did one and um I did one. Let me see. I'm just trying to think. There's like there's a couple and they rove everywhere. So anyway, but <laughs> um so there's just yeah that's really how that's really how it was out. And then I think. The, the beatboxer I mentioned, um, Kid Lucky, had asked me to play in on one of his sets, and he's like, we're all going to do beatbox with harp, and we went, like, I want you, like, in on this. And I'm like, all right. Wow. And, then, and I went, like, to my harp in a bathroom. <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it into, like, a stall to, like, tune it because it was so loud out there, you know, and, like, and there wasn't time for, like, a real sound check or anything. So I kind of just, like, <laughs> kinda like a Brian's thing, like, trial by fire. Like, I didn't really do the whole recital group. Yeah, I was kind of, like, too too scared to be outside. So I had a couple of friends who were, like, playing music professionally and very, you know, just, like, very critical about music. So I wasn't trying to go too, yeah. <laughs> go too far, in the, go far outside and get ridiculed in any sense but if someone someone connects with you and they want you there like you should be there if you can so, oh yeah because you don't we all don't know how long we're here like exactly know? yeah if i'd have taught us anything god yeah <laughs> like many times you say uh, no and then you look back and then you know it's like wow all you had to do was just say yeah yeah it changed a lot for everyone so that That's moment like, i guess did change my life that i didn't say no you know, that must have been an interesting sight seeing you haul a harp into the bathroom to stall to tune it. No one cared. <laughs> <laughs> just me. <laughs> they all the time, really. Yeah, they just—they're just like, what is this weirdo doing? Yeah. Like, you know, 
<laughs> oh, just another harp in the stall. <laughs> it was crazy. It was like, uh, what was it? I think I, because he was like, oh yeah, I'm like, all right, I'll see you there. And I'm like, well, like, all right, I'll, I'll uh, at the time, the car I had wasn't big enough for it. So it was just like, all right, I'll get another car. Like, come do this. And wow. there we sit there. And, like, it almost all didn't happen. You know, it just didn't make sense. It was so crazy that it had to work, you know, and it was raining, which is bad for harps. You know, like yeah, a lot of wood in those things. Mm-hmm. Finicky, uh, yeah, hu- I imagine humidity is not good for a harp. Yeah, yeah, it it depends. Like if it's like a a newer one, it's not. But an old, like with age, they have a little more give. When they're new and like really tight bonded, then things are just gonna snap left and right, all the strings. Oh, when they're old, have a little more, the wood is used to stretching a little bit, so it's like uh, more flexibility. And I have no like degrees in. Um, in lumber. <laughs> I don't even have my lumber degree. Yeah, lumber degree. <laughs> I'm a doctor of lumber science. I got my PhD in plywood. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dissertation on four ply. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you can build a harp or put down some flooring. <laughs> we must choose. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. go harp. It seems more lucrative. Oh my goodness! It's a... Yeah, I guess, maybe, maybe. <laughs> there's, there's a harp that I have, and it's um, it's turning. It's September, right? So it just turned a one. A harp I have is 101 years old. Wow! And I look at it, and I think about all the people who worked on it. You know, who worked on that, and that they're no longer here. But like their work craftsmanship was so so sturdy and like precise and and heartfelt like you know their backs were in this um because there was a factory but they weren't like mass produced like back then now, yeah. now they're you know, a little more i mean everybody's got a harp yeah <laughs> you just throw a stone and they're out it's just like well oh, right, yeah <laughs> i know i know when i was growing up i was like six strings give me the 129 or whatever the hell yeah. What, what the hell? I mean, come on. See, why limit myself to six? Yeah. Why? <laughs> so, how did you guys meet? Um, you can rock okay. paper scissors. <laughs> <laughs> come on, come on, come on. Okay. Wait. Okay. One, two, three. three. Shoot. <laughs> you changed your name like three times. I know. Just, like in the middle of it, she's like, uh, dynamite. <laughs> So Cam and I were playing out, um, we had started Shakespeare in the Blues and uh, Cassie had basically hired Cam to do a separate gig. So Cassie like decided to come to one of our shows and like we're playing in this like kind of like dive-ish bar, like no one's really listening, paying attention, but like I except for one person in the back. And he was like, oh, this is Cassie. And I'm like, oh yeah, you're the harp player and all that stuff. And then I went to that show to see them play here in New Orleans. And uh, it was really cool. So it was kind of like, hey, you like what we're doing? You want to come sit in on harp? At <laughs> 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 a dive bar? And she was totally just like, yeah, absolutely, cool. So like, and as Cam and I just generally do, we didn't, we didn't rehearse or anything. It was just like, we don't have... We didn't have songs. We were just like, yeah, just come play. And it just kind of worked like immediately, uh, shockingly well. That's amazing. So what's all involved in Shakespeare in the Blues? So there's bass, drums, harp, and electronics. How did that, what, how does a a live show work with you guys? What's going on? Some people hate us because we're three people with six people's words of instruments. (laughs) (laughs) The sound hacks will usually like be like, it's like, oh yeah, you brought like, yeah, like double instruments and a synth, and then the harp is like a giant resonator, so it feeds back if, if the room's too tight or whatever, you have to like, you have to, like strip down. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, wow. but Cam, uh, Cam Smith is on um, synth and drums. Brian's on guitar, bass, but then like a whole buffet of effects are like at his disposal 
Yeah, a lot, a lot of Cam and I do a lot of like looping, and we try to keep it's. They're very free and loose, so it's not like we're trying to be too strict about things. Okay. So that way we can kind of play on top of things, and each set can be a little bit different. So. Yeah. So are, are the loops pre-programmed, or are you building them up as you yeah. go? Yeah, no, we're just making stuff up. Oh, uh, figure it out. I, I have one thing that's pre-programmed. It's just a bass note, because, I don't know, it just feels silly to loop that live real quick. <laughs> We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. I want to take a minute and talk about our sponsor, Tiesta Tea. Tiesta is a tea company on a mission to create loose leaf tea beverages with premium ingredients that taste good and do good. Each tea is blended for one of five categories so you can energize, slenderize, boost antioxidants, boost immunity, and relax. My current favorite blueberry wild child you know when i was growing up my dad always told me once you go loose you never go bagged and you know what he was right go to tiestatea.com and use the promo code anxiety 15 at checkout to get 15 percent off your order think you know tea you haven't tried tiesta tea before we get into the the album cassie you've released two on your own Was, was that before you started with playing with Shakespeare in the Blues? Because one was 2019 and then one was 2020, I believe, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm on track. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you um, just do, just, you know, one a year, you're fine. Yeah, I wasn't trying to do it. Some people have schedules and I wouldn't say I'm one. Like, I want to, if I have something to say, then I'll do it, so... But it sounds like, 2019, it sounds like we're on, like, a Pokemon collector's card. <laughs> Um, which is still cool so thanks thanks (laughs) (laughs) but um but yeah those um yeah so luna nuda and disappears disappeared those are those are solo harp and it's like this album with shakespeare the blues it just blows my mind and 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 transports me because it's like the power of what I can do if I focus or I'm really in, in the in the zone, yeah, with other people who are right there too, like matching frequencies, and that's the beauty of harp. When you listen to you know like like Bacharach, or you listen to a lot of comp, um, music back then that has like a harp part on it, it's like in the context of this like larger context, and and it just um. It creates, you know, there's like all these colors happening. So I think with um, with disappears disappear, there's a lot of like heavy-handed like bass work that I'm doing. Okay. That now I have Brian, yeah. <laughs> now Brian <laughs> can sign up for and learn the parts to like <laughs> do all that. all of that is just like acoustic with like no effects and like me doing all the things. But but I'm fully capable of you know of using um effects and i love experimenting too um they're just wild animals that you have to <laughs> control especially with harp it just keeps ringing it's not um it's hard you can stop the string and then it's gone but harp is just like and it keeps like well it did, it did, the, the effects fit in really well with the bag because like it, it's funny it's like we actually thought that oh harp could be really cool with what we were already doing it's just kind of amazing to find a harp player that can do it yeah <laughs> i can just and, sit, and like Cam and I are pretty wild, so she can. It's cool that she can follow and like, uh, like I, I don't. I still don't understand the harp, so it seems amazing. <laughs> to me. Uh, and so the fact that she could like adds all these beautiful like delay textures and stuff like that really like took the sound in a great like new place. So how do you how do you do that live? I mean, do you, does the is a harp something that needs to be amplified or? How? And then 
what kind of what kind of effects are you, you using? I mean, I can. I mean, I, I mean, I'm picturing you, know, you playing like through like a fuzz box or something, and that would just be insane. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, that'd be insane. Yeah, people would recommend. I mean, you know, they they just come to me like sporadically and organically. Like one one friend I worked with, um, Will was like, we played drums. He was like, oh, what if you try this tube screamer and like. <laughs> What if you try like uh, an acoustic simulator on the acoustic instrument? It was like, uh, there are things that work and don't work. Yeah. <laughs> and like, you know, but distortion, uh, distortion panels definitely work. Um, I like just like anything that's going to add like, uh, like, like reverb delay and color to it, um, without really constricting the, the frequency, like making it sound kind of MIDI like, cause then that defeats the whole purpose. Yeah, I think, yeah. um, it's been kind of a, a, a long journey, like with the kind of Goldilocks and, and the three bear. No, I think it's princess and the peas or something. One of those where we need a third member and then we can, and then we don't yes. dress up as bears. <laughs> um, but no, uh, it's been kind of like trial and error. Um, because what works today, like sometimes doesn't work in another venue, like, like, or uh, rigged up to a different system. It's, it's very, the frequencies are so interesting. Like what they, uh, what we end up needing to roll off of. Is okay. that sense? That, um, you know, it's funny that it sounds a lot like, gosh, I'd say a year or so ago, I had a, a lady named Pamela Stickney on and she plays a theremin. And she does that kind of thing where she, she'll put effects pedals on it, but it depends on the size of the room and where you're standing and all that. It's not yeah. like just plugging it into a, you know, some, a new effects pedal into your pedal board or your, your signal chain. It's, it's completely different. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone gets, yeah, everyone gets mad or I get mad, you know, it's, it's, it's a new emotional journey each time. Right? I'm going to be really happy or I'm going to end up playing dry. But I think that happened during the album where there's like, maybe like one to three tracks where I end up using effects and then a lot of it like it sounds like a loop but it's not I'm just working really hard so <laughs> wow tell what's happening <laughs> and then I heard it back and I was like oh crap I was working really hard on that and um and the only way I know is just like by the like hairline millisecond differentiations like I can kind of tell like oh yeah that is that's not loop wow because um, I blocked out the memory yes. <laughs> so, um <laughs> But, but yeah, it's just like that. And it's kind of hard to, it's a challenge to convey that to other folks who play music. So I'm so glad that you brought that instance up of the theremin because I feel, sometimes I feel alone in that. Like things aren't working. Yeah. It's a giant acoustic instrument. And then it's like, if, if the fan is on or if I say something, you can hear it in the heart. So wow. You just hear an echo inside. And, um, and like you mentioned, humidity will affect it. You know, it's, it's yeah, it's a lot of feedback because we we can get loud if we get raucous. You know, like we can you know mm-hmm. get pretty loud. So you'll hear the drums. So we were rehearsing. Um, Cam's also a sound engineer um, at a, at Artist Sound Studio at Keenan Studio here. So oh nice. And uh, we had the opportunity to rehearse there, and and you hear like in the recording rehearsal, and you hear like, the drums all in the heart. So it's like. You isolate it. The yeah, you isolate the line oh, and listen wow. back to the best part. But I'm not playing. You just hear all the drumming. It oh really, wow! Really cool. That's like, awesome. I was listening to uh, Luna Nuda and This Appears to Disappear and the uh, Shakespeare and the Blues album. They all released one year apart from each other. But I have I've got to say it sounds like you're taking quantum leaps in 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 the sound and then the playing and all. I love Maggie Deer. I, I, that's, that's my uh, my youngest daughter's name, so I'm a little partial to that one. Sisyphean, uh, Sisyph- am I saying that right? Sisyphean? Sisyphean, yeah. 
Okay, so Safina and uh, that and uh, what the hell? I'm I'm trying to look at my notes. What was the other song that I really liked? Um, in um, in some awe. That yeah, I love those tracks. <laughs> in the blues stuff sounds a lot more improvisational than that stuff. Did you guys have the songs worked out before you went into the studio? Because my understanding is you guys, you didn't play together a whole lot. And then you just like, let's go into the studio. Yeah. Yeah. We did that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like that. We definitely went in the studio where like, there were some songs that like, uh, like what's in the name. And I mean, I, I shouldn't say which ones, but they didn't make <laughs> the album. It'll be released another time. We'll get them right. Yeah. Up. But well, we did go in yeah. there. And then what's the other one? Uh, what's an intense string? Did we do function man? Or... No, I don't think so. We had like prompts that we would start where we knew what they were, and then and then at the end of the day, they didn't make the cut. Like well, other stuff. Yeah. Made okay. the cut. So like basically, what happened was like Cam and I had been playing out and. For about a year, doing gigs about once a month okay. uh, with the band, and we did one gig with Cassie, and uh, a guy I play with in the Melody Makers called Mark Bingham. Uh, he's like a studio legend. Oh yeah, Amazing. yeah. Uh, well, he was like kind enough to start letting me like kind of work out of his studio. So like I just started doing that, and I was like, we played, we literally played one gig, and I was like, hey, let's go into a studio and see what happens. Oh, wow. And like we didn't really intend on like releasing anything. You know what I mean? It was just like we have access to a studio. Let's just I mean might as go might as well go hit record, but let's just like get in there and see what like this crazy arrangement of instruments can sound like uh just through headphones. And it wasn't until like Louie heard some of them that we were like, Maybe we can do this into an album. So it, it really wasn't we thought like, oh maybe we'll get like one track or something like that. Yeah. But like we ended up, I think it was like eight hours of stuff. <laughs> eight yeah. hours in, in, in two, two days. In two nights, yeah. Oh my god! And it was all just improvised stuff, yeah, just like, yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Cause I love uh, the song "Blinders," and uh, it, what's that goes right into um, mechanics. Uh, mechanics of distance. Oh, mechanics of distance, yeah. Those two songs are. Awesome. I love the way they just flow right into each other. It's just... guys do some have some vocal samples in in that but was it also rodney dangerfield that i heard yeah 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 okay <laughs> so comedy seems to be something that connects the, you guys that's cam is it well, I, I, did the, I did the rodney did dangerfield rodney, okay. and then cam has the uh what is your name oh uh, the lily Tomlin. yeah yeah he had that stand up in there yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, i mean yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah. It's funny. <laughs> so, Annette said, improve your personality. So, I went to see them. He told me my personality was okay, but my name was my problem. I said, well, my name? Well, how can a name be a problem? Well, even William Shakespeare says, what's in a name? He said, who? William Shakespeare. He said, look, you want to listen to me or you want to listen to your friends? Yeah, I love 
because I felt like there's like a certain energy and momentum that happens in those in, in that particular transition that really does it. Yeah. So what are the vocals? on that on those songs who who is that and, and where did you find that those were all samples that uh cam found and just played like i did i put the rodney dangerfield one in after the fact but the rest of them were all sampled because cam also has like we have like sample pads live and he'll play drums in there but he also has samples because like we we don't we don't have a singer so we like we'll sometimes hit a sample and just basically almost like creating a beat on the spot. Oh, cool! Like we'll have like Nas rap lyrics and we'll instead of playing it the way the song is just improvise that. So he just he just had that set up and hit those live and a lot of the improv that we do sometimes is kind of just like based around those. It gives us something to work off of. Wow! Oh, that is awesome. Is uh. Well, I guess, I guess now with the the hurricane just passing through, like it's live, live gigs aren't really in the future right now. But uh, are you are you guys hoping to get out eventually and, and bring this to a you know maybe not just a, a New Orleans audience, but maybe do a little touring? I mean, I haven't even thought about that. I mean, honestly, between like COVID here locking everything down again, and then like now this hurricane, it's. I haven't really. <laughs> we're, I'm not looking too far ahead, right? Right. Yeah, I think it's like a it's a it's a balancing act in realizing the mystical and transformative power of music and like the collective consciousness and what it does to uplift the spirit and like move us forward when we don't in times of like uncertainty when we don't know what's going on. It's kind of balancing that faith with wanting wanting you know just hoping that everything changes and gets better um and so definitely like the hope is there like you know i'd love we'd love to like have you come down the street like (laughs) come down the street to you you know that would Uh, be awesome that yeah like there would be nothing there'd be no greater joy than to have like another human being in a room connects and it resonates with and they like you know freak out and 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 just have like a, a personal um, emotional connection. Um, that's the most important thing that can happen, um, yeah. you know, for ourselves, but also like saying that you dug it and to bring it elsewhere. So if that's possible, um, totally in for it as soon as it's safe. We had a gig scheduled and we're, we're seeing what's happening with that because it's said the town is still coming back in the building, yeah. but um, it might be too soon and then. I think musicians are like finding great ways to like Brian's a touring extraordinaire. I think of how much Brian flies out of town or used to fly for COVID. Sorry. Before COVID. But like yeah. before Brian would be yeah. like, Oh yeah, let's rehearse or like let's go whatever. Like let's talk about the mixes, but I'm gonna be like in Spain for like No. Days. No. <laughs> Brian, no, it was never be, anywhere that Brian is like that's what happens in my mind. Um, but, but no, but Hawaii Ramblers are like, you know, like uh, internationally known and yeah. it's like, you could be gone at any moment. So I'm just like, all right. Like, so say all that to say, like, it's, it's definitely important to consider where we are now in times and find a safe, safe way to include everyone and uh, just roll it out slowly. So we're kind of seeing what that looks like. Well, you, Cassie, <laughs> you've done some live stream shows at least one that I was able that I, I was able to, to find. <laughs> oh yeah, because I uh, I'm not big on um, leaving on uh, human print. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it could very well. I, but I'm really big on performing live, and then it in the room it is what it is, and you know, and then that's it, and I'll see you next time. But, right. Um, so this is like a treat, you know. This is the treat for us <laughs> for everyone. <laughs> For this to go into perpetuity, but, uh, for like the you know the six people that are going to listen to it, yeah, my yeah, six, I think my, <laughs> my whole audience. Put some zeros <laughs> on that, yeah. yeah. Zeros on that. I'll do my best. It means a lot because I just I mean my whole thing is like when I you know when I die I kind of want anything I've made to like be burned in a way you know. Oh, yeah. and, and that's the one joke I'm not making everybody <laughs> I'm I don't want to leave anything behind I think like focusing on where we are now is like the most important 
thing. So, um, okay. So, uh, so, so this is good. So it can hang out because there's not going to be anything. <laughs> this would be the one thing that proves you were here. That's it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. For <laughs> <laughs> well, that and the, the albums that you put out. I can take them back. <laughs> <laughs> Don't push me. <laughs> uh, so, with when you guys were recording this and, and pulling out the songs out of eight hours of, of jamming, is it difficult to a find a, the start and the stopping point where uh, for a song, and then b naming it because there's all in, it's, it's you know instrumentals with vocal samples. Is it is it hard to to do all that? Um. Yes and no. I mean, some spots, I mean, I think, because we all hear the same, like some spots were just really obvious, like, yeah. oh, here's a song here, here's a song here, and there's the obvious stopping point. Like, you, you kind of hear it as you go back and listen to it. And it, it, it is somewhat easier because uh, when you just play, like, two nights in a row like that, you don't really remember what you did until you go back and listen to it anyway. But piecing it together uh, wasn't necessarily... Difficult. There are most of the songs are like I'd say ninety percent of the album is what was there, like as is what we played live with no edits. Wow. And then there were a few songs, maybe two or three, that like we went back and like made some cuts to like form them a little bit better because there was something there, but you know, just did some work after the facts. But uh, it was it was. I think it took us a little bit longer, or me a little bit longer, because we recorded it in January of 2020. And then we didn't really have any plans with it, so COVID hit. Yeah. And it wasn't so COVID, we were already, like, way in lockdown that, like, Louie heard a couple and was like, maybe you could form this into stuff. And, like, sometimes it's hard to get motivation during the pandemic. Sometimes it's there, and you yeah. can do stuff. But sometimes it's just, like, putting stuff off, because you're like, yeah, it's not really much of a point to doing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get that. I the last thing I want to bring up, Cassie, is I I heard the s- song that you did with uh, People Museum. Yeah, sleep. It, that is a great song. How did you get involved in that? Oh my goodness, they've been. I guess like I just like hang out in corners, <laughs> um, <laughs> and, then, and then somehow, some way, someone's like, you know what? We have an idea for you. Um, yeah, um, yeah. Jeremy and Claire and um, Aaron, you know, they're amazing. Yeah, Charles. Like, so everyone is like amazing and. They're just, I don't know, they're just like sweet human beings and, and I love their music. So it's just yeah. an honor to be like, you know, asked to be a part of it. Um, and, you know, it's, like New Orleans is local. So eventually, you know who people are, like, yeah. you know, if, if you feel like it'd be a good fit. Um, there are a lot of instances where like people are like, yeah, harp is great, but it's like, you could get anyone to play a harp. Like, no, like there's, yeah, <laughs> your eyebrows. <laughs> yeah, everybody has the harp later. Right? Sure. Everyone has there are no, it's like you know, there are plenty of things that I, you know, um I'm happy to refer other people like like make make referrals to, you know. Usually like Christmas music I'm not like I'm not the first taker upper on those like this album. Um, Except for the best kind of, gift ever. The truth about our love, that you were being warmed by other fire. Beneath a different tree, the game of let's pretend didn't end with Santa Claus. This Christmas, let's just let you okay, except for that. And we <laughs> good job. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. I do my research. You do. 
that's the one. That was the one that slipped. That was the one. And and I actually had given Diana, um, you know, rest in peace. I'd given her, and that's also another um, instance where I'm glad I said, yeah, I'm glad I thought it was a mutual connection. Yeah. Because later on, she had complications and, you know, passed away. And Oh, wow. Um, I didn't realize yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, and I had given her a referral. I was like, oh, there's a summer harvest in town, and they love dressing up and doing Christmas stuff, so maybe y'all, you two can, like, vibe. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe that's more their fit. <laughs> it's important to know what your sound is and like what your calling is, I think like just not just I mean for me, yeah. uh, it's important for me to connect with what I'm doing or feel that connection. Um, that's my whole reason for doing it. So, um, and she actually, when she sent me, she kept emailing me about or emailing and calling about Christmas music. And I was like, I don't think she got the right, like, I don't know. Like, what is it? Like what? I was so confused. <laughs> Gave her referrals. She didn't take her referrals. She was like, "I think you'd be great for this." I'm like, "All right, like, let me hear your song." And then she sent the song, and like the lyrics, the lyrics tore me apart. And I was like, "Oh, it's a sad this Christmas song." Yeah. I'm in. Speaking <laughs> 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 my language. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and that was just beautiful. She, you know, she goes down in history for just being such like a vibrant. Um, you know, vibrant, diligent, sweet, enthusiastic human being. And and she kind of accepted me, like, for who I was. So I was like, well, I'm going to bring, like, the Krampus energy. <laughs> Krampus energy. That's all right. Nice. That's all right. And she's like, that's great. That's what I mean. Like, yeah. I heard what you do, and I want you. So I'm This song I'm needs a Scrooge. Yes. A Scrooge with strings. And that's... <laughs> Someone <laughs> <laughs> I know is gonna love to hear it from yeah. <laughs> You help me find that. That'll be my trademark. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but um your original question, I think I uh, pushed this off. Um, you know what? It, it doesn't even matter. I don't know. I don't remember <laughs> what it was either. I think I got a better story anyway, so <laughs> that was beautiful yeah she was a uh, yeah like I, that's one of those times you just like glad really glad i like i felt a connection and said yeah and just kind of stood up um, well, for it. i'm glad you said yes to doing this podcast and that we've all connected so thank you guys so much oh thank you, you man are, yeah. you can talk forever oh my goodness oh yeah heart anxiety <laughs> <laughs> well you know what that's the show kind of started off with that. And then I just forgot to ask people about it. And so it, I'd already had the artwork made and gotten my RSS feeds. So I was just like, ah, I'm kind of stuck with it. So, oh, well, uh, yeah. what are you going to yeah. do? So, <laughs> yeah. and I heard that you're, you, you fenced once, right? Is that true? Fen yeah. I used to, in high school, I, I was a fencer, yeah. like not stolen goods, like, like sabers and, Things. What, what were you? You were what, what weapon were you? Uh, I was just a foil. Don't see. I did foil too. Don't say just we like we're like it was just foil. Yeah. I wanted to saber, but <laughs> oh god, no! I didn't want to do saber at all. Uh, a friend of mine. <laughs> A friend of mine was saber. Actually, two friends were saber, and they, I fenced with them once, and that shit hurt because they're like that thing's like a whip, and they're sitting there f going like like doing these like Errol Flynn moves and behind the back and whipping you in the places you don't want to be whipped at. And it was that. And then uh, a friend of mine was an Epe and that was crazy. Cause that's just like, if you take two foils and taped them together, it's just a huge, but I said, Brian, I don't know if you know anything about fencing, but in foil. Oh yeah, totally. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Harps too. <laughs> <laughs> You have a certain area that you can hit in foil. And it's just like your torso. In Epe, it's a thicker blade, and your whole body's fair game. Oh. And with is. with saber, it's it's kind of like pirates. It, it, <laughs> Sabers, it's it's a it's a thinner blade, and it, it it whips around a lot, and you can just like flick it. And if you, you can score just by kind of, kind of flicking it, like hitting something in the back of the head and shit, it's just, and it's painful. 
it's painful. I'm like, no, nah, I'm never ever want to be. I tried saber once. I'm like, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm okay with I'm okay with pain. That's why I play heart. But it's like, but I'm moving it around. I threw out my back like two weeks ago. Like, and I just got a better cart. Like moving it, and you know, and then you get calluses and. Um, if you're not doing it right, like cows is breaking and bleeding, but oh, God. Um, I like saber. I was just told that I wasn't fast enough, and that wasn't nice. But I yeah, <laughs> yeah, you gotta be, you gotta be quick. I mean, you know, it was high school, and when I was fencing, and the, there's no way I could do it now. Like you, you wouldn't try it now for fun. I, I don't know. I might. Might. I, yeah, all right, now you got me thinking. I might. Yeah. Damn it. Just what I need. Something else to do. <laughs> or you can always just watch the, you know, the Olympic. There you go. Just be an armchair. Armchair, <laughs> armchair fencer. Oh, see, I would have parried there, right there. I don't know what that guy's thinking. <laughs> that guy don't know what he's doing. An amateur. <laughs> well, I guess that's what the Olympics are supposed to be, right? Amateurs. Oh, I don't think you can go professional fencing. I don't think that's a thing. Well, you know. Who's the world's most famous fencer? <laughs> uh, Maybe you. Okay. I don't. I was gonna try to come up with something clever, and I there's just nothing. There's, there's no joke there. <laughs> it would take me. T- it would take me. Your heroes in their their own turf. Yeah. <laughs> take me too long to figure out a joke for that one. I don't have that much time. I'm sure you guys don't have all that time either. I mean, God. But where can people find the album? How can they follow you guys on Facebook to get any updates and news? And maybe if you if yeah. you guys release the other four hours worth of stuff or whatever it was. Oh yeah, that would be that would be cool. Well, right now, um, the, I think the best way is the Bandcamp. So yeah. Bandcamp, um, under the Nouveau Electric yeah. record label that's run by um, Louis Michaud of Lost Body Ramblers, um, amazing human and like doing a lot of groundwork right now after Hurricane Ida. Oh, I can um, imagine. All yeah. that everything like organized a whole grassroots effort. So props to Louis. Like yeah. not only has the label and all of that, yeah. it's like. And in a million, you know, running this band is like also uh, being a wonderful human being. Yeah. And, um, you know, so, we love you. Yeah. Um, Just following Nuvo Electric Records is probably the best way. Yeah. Yeah. That's the best way. I think the um, Shakespeare Blues, like, you know, Kim and Brian started it. And, and I think the overall, like, part of the umbrella vision is like to be like kind of a collective, right? Like, to kind of get some saxophone and like, like yeah. a whole symphony in there eventually. I mean, like, yeah, it's just it's just an evolving idea, basically. Yeah. yeah. So anything could change, and like you know, like more coming in or like okay. more minimal. Like so, I think um, just following the record label is the best because we're all kind of like we're all really chill and not hyper <laughs> hyper social media. And Nuvo <laughs> Electric is like good about getting like is sweet enough to like get us out there get the word about the sound if not for them you might not have heard it so yeah, yeah. so go ahead so we got a podcast <laughs> that's right get it <laughs> <laughs> so before i let you go how how did you guys come up with the name shakespeare in the blues uh so Kim, <laughs> well the way we first had a gig was because like uh cam and i had been we both moved to new orleans about the same time and we talked for about a year for doing a get like a band together, but just kept procrastinating, and finally I just booked us a gig, and we were just like, so we had to make the date, and then it was like a week before, it was like, oh yeah, we have to pick a band name. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, Pam was also working, uh, running set at the Maple Leaf here, and he, we were bouncing ideas off of, and he was like, hey, we used to talk about um, this like late at night there, just like how Shakespeare and the Blues would be a cool band name. It was like. Yeah, that is right, because we wanted something that could just kind of be somewhat ambiguous. Right. In a way. Uh, so we could do whatever we wanted to do, yeah. basically. Yeah. Oh, that's so awesome. That yeah. Do you have uh, an Instagram that people could follow? I know you're part of Michaud's Melody Makers. And, and I'm at Brian Weber. That's me personally. And then Cam is at, I think, Cam Smith. 
and Cassie is at Cass and Harp. And then the Nouveau Electric Records. We actually don't have a band Instagram because, uh, I mean, we're just bad at Instagram. Like. <laughs> 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 Thank you guys so much. Thanks so much, man. I really appreciate it. Oh, nice. my pleasure. My pleasure. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks right. so much, Mark. Bye. Bye-bye. If I can figure out how to turn this off. There we go.